Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. Hey, man. Uh, well, I just first, uh, Coach Dudonis, I want to thank you so much just for being here. Um, I'm a servant leader. I'm Coach Chelsea. Just a little bit of backdrop. Um, I'm down here in Tallahassee, Florida, as we were talking about a little bit before we got started, you know, we had got so wrapped up into the new normal um, since spring break. I have been off of, you know, working as an actual teacher. And so, uh, you know, now this is the first week back. So back to reality, it seems. But so thankful to have you here today. You know, we had your wife on a couple of months back and she's been amazing. And it's funny how you and I connect. It's one of those things how social media does. You communicate with a person. Then after you meet somebody else, it's like, wait, I've talked to them before. <laughs> Um, but you know, I follow you, man. And, and, and I love how you just have a wide spectrum, but one of the biggest things I love about you is you just speak the truth. You don't shy away from the truth. You don't shy away from hard conversations. Um, and that's, you know, so needed in such a time as this. And so when we think about the servant leader and, you know, give individuals a shout out and ask them to come on, it was only right that we went ahead and let the other half of the Dudana come on and, you know, bring this thing full circle. So I'm so excited just to get to talk to you today. Um, I'm sure all the other coaches are as well. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Uh, so you just chat with us a little bit. And um, I just thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I, I do appreciate it. Um, I always, I, I'm, I'm not joking, but I always joke that I'm, I'm the worst, the worst coach in our household uh, and <laughs> in our family too, and in our whole family. So uh, no, I'm happy to be here. So thank you for extending the invitation. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a great joy to be able to do what we do, right? Um, I know you're an educator, uh, literally by title, but I think I am too. Uh, even as a coach, that's kind of our job. So um, the quick backstory from on me, so people just kind of know, I'm the head coach at Wisconsin River Falls of the women's basketball team, which is a Division three school right outside of the Twin Cities of Minneapolis. Uh, my wife Carly is the associate head coach. For Minnesota women's basketball. Uh, it's been a really long winding journey to, to get to where we're at. Uh, I'm from Baltimore originally, uh, went to high school in North Carolina, went to a small college in North Carolina called Gardner-Webb University, uh, where I was involved in the women's program there, um, and then graduated, got a Division II job in Massachusetts at Merrimack College, which is a D1 school now, um, and then was back to my alma mater for a few years and then got hired at the University at Buffalo in New York. And then that's when I met Carly, my wife. Uh, she was coaching at Eastern Michigan University. And so we were doing long distance and it was really uh, challenging uh, for obvious reasons. And I ended up stepping out of college coaching to move there uh, to live with her. Um, and then we the goal was for me to get back into college coaching. But then she got hired at Mississippi State and then Minnesota. So I ended up... Um, I don't even know if pausing, I mean, I originally had paused my coaching career, but then I was kind of, I had given up on it because I didn't know how we could plausibly do it. And lo and behold, a year after we moved to Minnesota, uh, River Falls opens, it's 35 minutes from our house. Um, I didn't know anything about it, uh, never wanted to coach D3, uh, but the more I looked into it, the more I talked to people about it, it just seemed like a, a no brainer. It's, it's an incredible school. And uh it is funny how small the world is, Paul, with, with your niece coming here. It, it, it's crazy. Uh, it's like, like I said, I've never even heard of it. It's 35 minutes from my house. And so I was really fortunate to, to get this, this spot. And it's really been a, an answer to a lot of prayers and faith. Um, for me, I grew up, even though I'm from Baltimore, uh, spent a large part of my life in North Carolina. So in the Bible Belt, uh, went to a small Christian high school, uh, which is funny because my parents weren't churchgoers. Um, or anything like that. It was just a good school. And so they just sent me to the school. So it was kind of funny in regards to that. Um, I grew up, faith was very, very important to me. Um, I, and then definitely because of where I went to school, I was 
around it and was, you know, going to youth groups and kind of, you know, seeing people, uh, good role models and, and things of that nature. So I got, it was important to me at a younger age, uh, but it wasn't to my family. So it was unique in that regard. Um, and my mom was definitely someone who would go to church, you know, from time to time, whereas my dad was very much anti-church. He grew up uh, in a Catholic, um, a, a Catholic household growing up. So it was uh, very much uh, adverse to, to church after that, which is understandable. Um, and so it was really cool, though, because as I went through college at Gardner-Webb, which is a Christian school, uh, and got into my coaching career, um, uh, I kind of had different points, because when I went to Merrimack, my first coaching job in Boston, I lived in a city I didn't know anybody in. I was barely making any money, uh, and my faith was really tested, because I was like, man, am I, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but is it supposed to be this dang hard? And funny enough, at that same time, back in North Carolina, where my parents still live to this day, uh, my parents started going to church together. My dad, out of nowhere, just started going to church for the first time in 25 years, 30 years. Um, and fast forward a year and a half later, my dad goes to college and gets a degree in theology. Like, what? Like, what is that? that? That doesn't make sense. That is bizarre. Uh, my dad is a U.S. US Marine. Uh, he's a general contractor now and now has his um, his master's in theology is working on his doctorate. It, it, it's just absolutely insane. Um, he he goes over to um, Uganda once a year and helps plant churches there. Uh, so this is all development in the last like six, five, six, seven years of his life. So it's really cool seeing that faith journey. And for me, um, like I said, I, I've really gone through some highs and lows um, with my faith because again, the challenging uh, part of my first of starting my career uh, and questioning uh, a lot of things and wondering yeah, I think we've all kind of been through that, right? When, when it does get tough, like, is, am I doing the right thing? And I feel like I am. So like, God, where are you at? Right? Like, I think we've all been there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, it was, it was difficult in times, but then obviously, you know, was able to step back and, and see some of those things. So it kind of came back to it. Uh, and then it was challenging again, when I stepped out of coaching to, to live with my wife. And again, I was supposed to step out of coaching for a year and get back into it. This is a career I've worked really hard for and went through some struggles to get to a good point. And then four years later, I'm still out of it. Uh, and again, that's a choice I made because I wanted to support my wife. And I, I knew that was the right thing. I knew that's what I was supposed to do. But then you're going, man, but but now what, right? Now what? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying. I, I really am working hard and trying to figure this out. And so I went through some challenges in that regard of, again, kind of hitting reset and going, man, am I doing what I need to be doing? Um, and as soon as I stopped trying to get coaching jobs, as soon as I stopped trying to make it fit, lo and behold, this job opens. I mean, Again, uh, being a head coach at 29 years old, which is what I was when I got the job, I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. This is unbelievable. Like what, like I couldn't have drawn this up. So it was cool in that regard. And, and now I'm in a position where I am a leader, right? I am the head coach of 17 young women. And so I take that very, very seriously. For me, especially in recent times, I, we live right outside of Minneapolis, right? So obviously the things that are going on in our country right now have, have come from home. And I had to make a really conscious decision of, am I going to lean into standing up and speaking for what is right? Or am I going to try to skirt away from it, right? Which was definitely going to be the easier option. Uh, and I went for option A though. And I did lean into it because as I continue to grow in my faith, in my journey, and I still have a lot of questions. I still have a lot of um I don't know, doubts probably isn't the right word, but like recently, just to be honest with you, I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of people I don't know, so I hope I can be this vulnerable with you guys. But like, I've really lately been struggling with not necessarily believing the Bible, but there are parts that just, as you look into it, right? It, I know it's God breathed and, and God ordained, but it's written by man. So there's, you know, there's fallacies there, I would think. There, there are some things that have left for interpretation there, I would think. And so I'm really trying to dive in and and understand and fully grasp that. And that's been a part that I've kind of been struggling with lately. And I know we all see it, right? We can all pull out scripture and use it for whatever we want and we can manipulate it. We can change, and we see this happen a lot. And so for me, it's been tough to swallow, but something that I've always felt and always believed in and doesn't change are the words of Jesus, right? 
of all these commands, the greatest is love. And I keep falling back on that where I'm like, man, I'm just going to love people. I'm going to figure out this other stuff or try to, maybe I'll never figure it out, but all this other stuff I can wait, but I know I can love people and I know I can care for people. And that's kind of how I operate. Um, I love my kids, like just without, without any sort of hesitancy. Um, I have said this multiple times. I want to win because I'm a competitor and I'm a coach. Um, but I put my emphasis on my kids having a great experience and feeling worthy and loved and cared for. And if I get fired one day because I didn't win enough, I'm okay with that because I know my focus is on the right thing. And I know my kids feel those things. Um, we, we, I mean, we, we have, inter- we talked to them all the time. We have one-on-ones. We did our exit interview at the last end of last year and we didn't win a lot of games. And every single one of those kids were like, this is the most fun I've ever had around a team. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Again, I'd like to win and have that much fun, right? Like for sure. We're working on that part, but uh, I I really like, that's what I care about. And so for me speaking out against, or, or, you know, with Black Lives Matter and talking about racial equality and trying to get ready or get rid of systemic racism, like that all to me is as biblical as you can get, right? Love, the lesser of these. Look out for those who are in need and, and need help. Look out for those kind of people. And so for me, I feel like it's not only like it's what I'm called to do. It's not just like the right thing to do. It's like I, I have to do this if I want to say that I am faithfully trying to follow God and his purpose for my life. And so uh, I feel really strong about that. And I've gotten a ton of pushback, um, a ton. And people, you know, trying to drag you down or whatever else. And honestly, I'm, I'm pretty thick skinned, so it doesn't bother me too much, but it, it does get to you. You know, it wears on you over time. It absolutely has. I've had some moments where I've had to lean on my wife and, and lean on some of those people in my close circle because it has been really, really challenging at times. But, um, but for me, that's like, that's the way I want to live my life in a way that people are encouraged by me and that people feel loved by me. And that's, again, that's what I care about. Um, ultimately more than anything. And I really believe um, as a, as a, as a God fearing, God chasing man, those are, those are the type of things we can do because we're all going to have our internal struggles with certain things. Like I just told you mine, but the the love part doesn't change. Um, And uh, it's easy to do, right? Uh, It's, it's really, really simple to do and you can do it in the tiniest ways possible. So that's really been my biggest focus. And, you know, we've got kids on our team too. Like we've, we've got some really religious kids, like really deeply. Um, I mean, church every day they can get in there. Uh, one of our kids asked last year, if she could leave a, lead a Bible study with the team. I was like, absolutely. That's great. We, we partner with the local church to help her continue to learn and grow as a leader so she could do that it's led by her which is super cool we got other kids that could not care less about religion we got we're, we're all over the map um and so i'm really encouraging of like hey you you know you you do your journey you live your truth you you i'm going to support you in that right and if a kid walks in here um we're recruiting a kid right now who's a muslim you you I'm, I'm about that. Like you are searching for something higher. You are some searching for something deeper, uh, a bigger meaning, something that's bigger than yourself. I can support that even if it's different than what I believe or what I think. Um, so that's really what I try to encourage. And, and I think if you ask our kids, all of those in between, they'll tell you they feel supported in that. I would hope so. And I, and I do believe that they would say that. And so, and for me, I just think allowing people to live their, their truth uh, and live authentically themselves and feel like they can do that. I think that's where real growth happens, right? That's where real, real discussions happen. Um, I don't like living in an echo, echo chamber, right? I want to hear people who believe different things than me so that I can grow in my thoughts. I, my, my question I ask kids, our kids all the time when they talk about something that, you know, is, is a topic of debate. Why do you think that? I don't want you just to think it blindly or because your parents told you or whatever, like, let's talk it out. Like, let's, why do you believe this? What has made you come to this point? What can you do to continue to support those things? And you know, some of our kids are able to give you something. You're like, awesome. You're on your stuff. And other kids are like, oh, I haven't really thought about that. All right. And so then you say, well, go back, go back and think about it. Go back and research it a little bit. Go read, go listen to some other people and, and, and try to help formulate that. Um, because I'm a big believer that if, if, you can, if you can provide context to what you believe, I think that really helps you because 
one, it'll either firm you up in your faith, if that's what we're talking about, right? Because then you can truly feel good about it, or it'll make you dive in deeper to to figure that out. Um, and some of those are not fun conversations, right? And sometimes it's awkward, it's uncomfortable to think about it, even if it's just with yourself. But I, I think it's important, you know, especially as a leader, to try to help our kids grow. And I say the kids, I mean, they're adults, right? They're 18 to 21 years old, I, I call them the kids. But uh, I, I think it's important for them to continue to learn because eventually they're gonna get challenged by someone and they're gonna get pushed by someone who disagrees with them. And you want them to be able to stand firmly on their footing and say, this is why I think, and this is why I think it. And it's okay if you disagree with me, right? So um, that's really kind of how I, I operate now in my position with, with that and trying to navigate all those different belief systems and where all those kids are. And um, yeah, that's kind of just where we're at. So I, I, I know that wasn't, I don't know if that was good enough or long enough, but um, yeah, I'm happy to take questions or, or thoughts or anything like that from anyone. Yeah, my friend, uh, the most amazing part about this group is we don't ever really have, you know, a format as to talk this long. Don't talk this long. We yeah. really like to hear the trueness of, um, you know, the person speaking. And you did that so well. And, you know, we have our own little content commentary, as you saw in the chat, <laughs> as to not be rude. But it's amazing. One of the things I want to point out um, really quick, and of course, I have questions for days, but they know I'll let them go first. I really loved... Um, what you said on the back end, just talking about the numerous um, athletes that you coach and that you lead and that, you know, as servant leaders, it's important for us to, you know, be able to accept and love regardless of the differences. You know, uh, we had Kathy Poindexter on um, a couple months back and it was such an amazing conversation. You know, she and I had messaged each other back and forth um, in deciding if she was going to come on for that very reason. Um, and I thought it was necessary because when you are a leader, you don't get to dictate and determine who you lead and what they believe in. You don't get to do that. And so it, it, we, if we open up and have those conversations, as you said, you realize, and one of the things that was so just thought provoking and amazing about that conversation um, that we placed on a podcast is that there are so much similarities, so many similarities that we all had, just even in the event that somebody said they believe in something else. And, and that was the point we wanted to drive home. So I, kudos to you for that, because I think that's so amazing, you know, that you, that you push that individuality in your kids. Thank you. I appreciate that. Go ahead, Coach Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. That was a, a great message. And, and just a couple of things that I just love your honesty. I mean, this is who you are. And, and um, you know, I've, I've, um, growing up Catholic, still Catholic, and understand where you're coming from on, on some of that, but that's, uh, and, and your dad's story, uh, I mean, again, God is, as we know, continues to be amazing, and I like that line you talked about, you're chasing God, and I, you know, and I, I like that, because that's, in order to do that, that's an active thing, right, I mean, we, we, we kind of sometimes sit back and say, okay, you know, <laughs> wait, wait for God to tell us what to do, so it's like, just, just do, um, you know, and the whole, you know, one of my go-tos is love thy neighbor. Um, and, you know, it, we don't get the choice, as you said. And, it, it, and there's not an asterisk in, in that line that says, if you agree with them, if you love, you know, if we're all on the same page. No, it's just real simple. And I said all along that um, I can't do anything about what's going on somewhere else directly but in my own community, and I keep telling people, I think if, and, and that's our mission, our ministry, I think as coaches, coaches have a different, we just get it, you know, as you talked about it, and I, I coach football and we have a pretty diverse group of, of young people that, that play football and, and where else would, no place else other than the athletics would that group come together. And you talked about it with, with your team. You have that, and we know how to, how to do the X's and O's. It's really not the X's and O's part, but we know how to how to get a diverse group to work together. Right. And, I, and I'm convinced that God has opened up this window to us as Christian coaches to say, okay, we're going to transform the world. You, and you talked about victories. You know, um, you know there's no bit, bit better victory, bigger victory for all of us working together than to transform our world. And if we're competitors, it's like, oh, that's kind of where I get my energy when I talk and listen to other coaches. I like, okay, let's go. Let's do this together and, and, and have some fun with it. But, um, no, I just uh, appreciate your message and, and your honesty. And it's, 
and, and really, it's a high, and I say it every day, it's the highlight of my, of my week. Today's, I'm a high school counselor. We're getting ready to start school, and we've got half of our kids is on hybrid and half of them online. And so I've been, the last week, immersed in schedule changes. So this has always been the highlight. But for me today, this is perfect because I needed to get away from, from work for a while. But um, again, appreciate your honesty and, and sharing with us. And let's keep working together. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Paul. Yeah. And I just, I always go back to people never forget the way you make them feel ever. Right. And we can go to people in our lives day to day, or if I don't know about you guys, like if you've had an interaction with like a role model or, or someone, even like say someone famous, like an athlete, like that interaction, you remember exactly how it went, whether it be good, bad or indifferent. Right. And so I always go back to that where I'm like, if I, if I, if I meet someone out and that's the only time they've ever met me in person, and that's the only time they will meet me in person when they see my name pop up on Twitter or they see, you know, our team, I want them to think fondly back on that and think that guy made me feel good. Right. I liked talking to him. He valued me and that I really legitimately, that can sound cheesy, but I, I truly try to do that. And I'm, I'm sure I miss the mark sometime, but, that's what I try to do. I, I want to make people feel something. So. I think it's serving. I think you went back on mute, Coach. My bad. Right. I'm so much on like Coach Paul's, um, you know, that mindset where we are right now. You know, I've been back in the thick of things like I was telling you. And it's just so amazing. You spend so much of your day pouring out as coaches and as leaders we pour and pour and we're being tugged on and pulled on. And I tell people all the time, it's unless you're in it, you really don't get it. You know, some people can empathize with the thought, but to be in a place where people are pouring into you, when, like you said, you'll never forget from whomever it may be, how somebody makes you feel, you know, I enjoy every last one of these speakers that come on and give their time, but much of like you spoke of, like, you know, maybe if it's your idol, or your, I just will always remember Cheryl Swoops coming on here you know, in June, and you're talking about a kid that in 97, when the WNBA was like, hey, this is about to be for real, this thing. We know, if you really watched it, it took for a minute, like, we're going to do it, we're not, we're not, and finally it's like, it's a real thing. It's coming on, you know, and so being 10 years old when it happens, and now you're sitting in front of Cheryl Swoops, and she's talking to you, and you're able to actually, as people say, give you your flowers while they're here, and then talk to you of the same esteem you know I sighed out at her that day because she made me sing and people that know me <laughs> I want to do outside of church but it's exactly what you just said in servant leadership it's up to us what we want to portray um, what we want to live we can say one thing but when the rubber really meets the road when people need us and they want to talk to us are we really walking what we talk and those talks those words those impressions they stick with people Rather good or bad, they stick with people. And so I try my best, and I tell people all the time, I really try my best that if you are with me for 30 seconds or an hour, that I will truly try my best to make sure you get the authentic me, and that's always going to be loving you and treating you how you need to be treated. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I majored in journalism in college, and so I'm someone who has spent a lot of time around words, and I think it's often lost on like words have value like great value each one they matter and the words that you choose matter uh and again sometimes you'll miss the mark but yeah to your point just using them whether it's 30 seconds full of them or an hour full of them they matter and they're important i want to make sure nobody else want to go in y'all know i keep my question on deck go ahead coach Blake, what's going on, man? Hopefully y'all can hear me. Yeah, we can. Good uh, to see you again. Good to see you. Uh, you want to talk about servant leadership. Uh, I just want to thank you again. You know, obviously getting a chance to hear you, but for those that don't know, I got a chance to meet Blake kind of early on during the pandemic uh, on a social justice roundtable. And uh, we connected, and you want to talk about servant leadership. I asked him to speak to my team uh, on white privilege. Um, on a Zoom, and we had never met each other. He didn't know who was on my team, what what was going down, and, and he did it. And it's been great, and it led to some great discussion for our team. So I just want to say thank you. you uh, you're you the epitome of, of what we're doing these Tuesdays and Thursdays and what we've been doing during the pandemic. So I just want to give you your flowers now, and thank you 
uh, as they say. Uh, so keep doing what you're doing, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, Coach. That means a lot. Thank you very much. You know, I, I'm going to keep going back and forth on this. Uh, I was so hyped, you know, just it is. And just as you said, you know, a moment of being vulnerable and transparent. I'll join there with you, my brother. I'm going to join you. And going back brick and mortar, you know, I'm still processing. People ask me and I'm still processing that. Like I'm in it. I've been now four days. We almost making our first week and I'm still processing that. Um, and so, you know, this morning, my brother, Coach Huff, he sent me an amazing podcast um, just for my morning worship. And normally I wake up, I put it on in my ear. And literally right when I got to the top of the stairs, that message had come in. And it was amazing. It was just talking about how we have to make sure that, you know, we continue to run our race. We have to stay in and continue to run our race no matter what happens, no matter what we go through, no matter what comes in our day, you know, and just hearing you speak, not just on today, but every day, you know, you can't have a restless day as a servant leader. If it's truly the passionate part of you to effect change and, you know, push the agenda forward, you know, we can't take days off. And that's what I get from you. That's what I see from you and I hear from you. And I think it's so amazing because that is a hard task. That is a very hard task. And so, you know, I'm agreeing with Coach Huff when, when I say, you know, we appreciate you for what you do. A question that I do have for you, and understanding that we do have coaches that listen and, you know, are trying to better ourselves, and especially in these untrying times, you know, what would you say or what would you tell a driven individual or coach who is pretty much in their waiting moment or like that, I like to call them valley moments that are waiting for a mountaintop opportunity? What would you tell them in their waiting? Well, um, I would first say if you feel discouraged, if you feel uh, upset, if you feel hopeless, that's okay. It's okay to feel that way because uh, I've been there for sure. Um, I've been there multiple times. Um, so I, I don't think I, I don't think we should run away from our our fears and and those negative emotions. I, I think you should embrace them. It's okay to accept them. It's okay to. It's okay to go, man, I'm struggling. Uh, so I would say that first and foremost. Um, second, I would say that, you know, life has a funny way of working out for, for good people. Um, and it might not be on your timeline. It might not be as soon as you want, and it might not be in the way that you want. But if you are truly called and driven towards whatever you're doing, and if we're talking about coaching, then you just got to stick at it. and I know, and I know people who have been working, you know, who've worked for free for three straight years and they're just like, I can't keep doing, I can't like, and I know it, like, I get it. I, I did it for one year and that was hard enough. So I, I believe me, I, <laughs> I got a lot of respect for the people that continue to do it. And I, and I know at times you're going, um, God, like when's, when's my break going to come? And man, if you've been doing it for three years, I'd, according to me, I'd say your break should have come. You deserved it already. If it was up to me, I would have given you your break. Um, but I would just, con I would encourage you to continue doing it, but also be willing to adjust, right? If it's okay to look and go, do I need to approach things a different way? Um, talk to your mentors, talk to your group. You know, I talk to a ton of people. I've got a bunch of acquaintances, whatever, but I've got a really small group of, you know, confidence like really close right but we're talking less than 10 and so having those people and being able to say you know what what can I do different that, that not and don't change who you are don't change the, those things about you but maybe just change your approach to something maybe go at it at another angle that maybe you never thought of so I think it's important to continue to be confident in yourself and be authentically you but also be willing to to switch up maybe you know how you do things I, I do think it's important when you do that to stay true to yourself, though. Don't change who you are. Because who you are has value. It's important. It really, it is. And you are you. And if you change that, there's no longer you. Just that, that spot is now void. And that's not good, right? We all, all, you know, nine of us here have to be us. Uh, and we each play a role in our lives, in our community, in our business, whatever. And if we suddenly change that, there's suddenly this vacant role. And it might not to you feel like it's important, but it is. You're, you being you matters. Um, so I would encourage them uh, in that way. I think that's huge. And even though it sounds simplistic, um, that is one of the hardest things. You know, uh, one of my really good uh, friends and mentors, she would always say, you know, the world is full of people who are going through identity crisis. 
The world is full of people who are going through identity crisis. And, and if we could just learn to be who God made us to be, you know, and then I'll keep going back to it because you guys are going to see in a minute just how amazing uh, this morning, my morning worship was this morning because it's hitting home to everything that you're saying. And basically, you know, the guy that was on there, and I forget his name in the moment, but he says, God doesn't only meet your needs, he supersedes your needs. And so even though we're in those waiting moments, or as I call them, those valley moments, you're absolutely right. God's going to work for you. He just works on his timetable. That's right. In those waiting moments, we just have to understand that, you know, the God that we serve, the only thing he can fail at is being perfect, right? That he can't fail at is being perfect. He's going to be perfect all the time. And you just have to wait for his timing. And so I thank you so much for that one. Um, you know, when your wife was on, um, she's so amazing. Uh, she pretty much, she gave you, she gave you a lot of props, ma'am. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. I don't know if you, you got that, but she gave you a lot of props. One of the biggest things she did, which I really love, is she talked so much about how prayer is key and that, you know, sometimes, you know, she'll see you and how much she, thank you, Coach Huff. He put that down there for you guys. So y'all can have a bit of that morning worship that still has me on cloud 99. Um, but she talked about, you know, just prayer um, and how big that is for you and how much that, you know, drives you and your household. And of course, naturally, now that you're the head of, you know, your family, how you bring that to fruition and, and have helped her. Um, what would you say to coaches, leaders, Christian faith-based coaches and leaders who maybe are still in that place of prayer maybe makes them nervous, how prayer intimidates them? They may not want to do that. What would you say for a person trying to grow their, their prayer life and their, and their connection with God? Sure. Um, for me, I don't think it's too dissimilar from, you know, when you get yourself hyped for a game, right? If we want to make a, an easy analogy, you know, it is sometimes, especially like if you miss some shot, yeah, here we go. Let's go. We got this. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. They can't guard me. They can't do this. Right. And you just get yourself ready. And to me, it really isn't, that far removed from that um because you know we're, we're saying god lives inside of us right he's in our hearts and the holy spirit is inside of us and so for me when you're talking to yourself you are talking to god right like god isn't inside of you he is inside he's listening to you and so i think it's really easy if you try to take it from that angle of even if that's how you need to start of just talking to yourself about what you're would be praying about, but you feel uncomfortable about like, man, I got this big decision. I need to think about this. Like, all right, we can do this. Like, what's, all right, what are, I just need guidance. I want to make sure I'm thinking about my kids. I want to make sure I'm respecting my, my administration. Like, and then very easily you can move that to like, man, like, help me out with this. Like, let's show me how to do this. Right. Like real simple like that, like that, that was a prayer, right? Like that was easy. And I, I think sometimes we think of prayer in, in this big, you know, very, you know, shut the door, get down your hands and like make it this big thing where it's like, man, I just, I do it when I'm walking through the hallway, you know, to fill up my water bottle. And it's literally like that. Like for me, it's very conversational, you know? Um, the other day, I'm not, I'm, this is, this, I hope you guys appreciate this, but the other day, uh, I had a day. Like, I don't have many days that are like a little rough, but I had like, I just had a day. I had just a bunch of stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm like walking through the hallway and I'm like, God, help me figure this bleep out. And I said, yeah, I said the, the word that rhymes with hit. And I was like, sorry about that. Like, and I, I did, I, I swear, I, I was like, sorry about that, I should have said it. All right, but I kept going. And, but like, and I, I like to think God laughed at me and go, I got you, man, I got you, I hear you, right? And, but that's just, that's me. I'm just being me, I'm being authentically me. I'm not trying to do it in some special way. So I just... Tell people, just talk your talk, be you, and, and talk about it that way. I, I think God still heard the rest of the prayer, even though I said a curse word, right? I'd like to hope so, at least. So uh, that's what I would encourage people, is just starting talking with yourself and talking your voice. Don't, don't try to do it in some sort of way. Like, just do it authentically you. Try not to curse while you're praying, though. <laughs> yeah, man, listen, I'm telling you right now, like, I haven't ever done that one, but... You know, I, I agree with you. You know, you remind me so much of Coach Yo uh, when she was on. And I love to reference the different coaches because, you know, as much like we talk about all the time, this pandemic, if you would have asked me if I would have been able to reach and talk to, you know, the number of people that I have, much like yourself, I probably would be like, nah, I don't know. You know, 
Um, but talking to you all, there's so many similarities. And that was one of the things Coach Yo um, talked about. And she was saying the same things. When she came in, she said, now, look here, y'all. I want y'all to understand something. I love God, but he's still working with me. And listen, he knows me when I talk, when I pray. Look, I'm swagged out for God. Yes. That's all I heard in my head <laughs> when you started talking. But I mean, I think that's just it, right? I mean, as coaches and leaders, when we're leading, especially young adults and individual individuals that we're working with, I've worked with some people and had coaches on my staff that, you know, in time, you don't Bible, like beat them over the head. You don't keep trying to push things on them. You just live your life. And that's one of the things, you know, every time that they see me, it's not like, oh, like you said, this whole grandioso idea we're gonna pray you going through some things let's pray and then it's funny because they'll see me i'll talk about lord now listen now i need you because these girls are tripping today that's my prayer and they know i'm not playing once they've learned me over these years they know i don't you know me and god like you said when you develop a relationship we have a conversation i will thank him you know my friends laugh they say you so old i will thank him for a close part okay i'm telling you that because my knees and that's it. Quick, God, thank you so much because you knew my knee couldn't do it today. And, and boom, there it is. And I try so hard. And I love that you said that and every coach that does that. We do. When we grow up that way, or some have never ever been to a church or grown up spiritually, they feel that they can't pray or they're intimidated by it because they feel that there's this big grandioso showing that has to be there. Prayer is just communication. That's it. If you want to start, you start with that Lord's Prayer, you branch off from there. So I that guy gonna let you slide on that. He Thank is. you guys. Thank you for letting me. Uh, yeah, this is good. I know. Uh, I know. I know. Paul said he's Catholic. I'm not, but appreciate the question. So. Hey, Paul's over there hitting you with one of these. He got you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few more guys, but I'm, I'm gonna try to leave it to you. Uh, anybody have anything else they want to say to Coach? I got a few more for him, but I'm, I'm gonna try to get y'all time. Go ahead, G. Uh, yeah, I'm. A, I think that was the perfect time for me to hop in. <laughs> Uh, when I first, first off, Blake, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. It's great to be here. Absolutely, man. If we breathing, that means we still got a chance to uh, be great for the day. You know, the, the warm side of the dirt. But um, thinking about what you just said, it took me back to when I first bumped into Chelsea. And I was just thinking with the pandemic and everything, like, man, I haven't been to church, Bible study. I'm like, I've been on these coaches' Zoom meetings. I was like, I wonder if they got some Bible study around here. All of a sudden, she pops up. And one of my first messages to her was, hey, yeah, yeah. Trying to do better, but I ain't taking <laughs> 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 When you said that about yo, it just made me think, like, definitely not a finished product. You know, I got a right in the left hand, but, you know, three range. I don't <laughs> But um, so it happens, man. But big thing that's something that I always try to preach to people like be be you be the best you you can be because everybody else is already taken yeah. so only you know where you are in your journey for the most part you may have your circle that may know but you you know better than anybody where you are in your journey so just try to be the best you and basically go from there but I kind of try to go toward the end not to be the, the cap on cap but <clears throat> I'm scratching my notes so that I'm kind of prepared for this, but things are coming full circle and I'm going to read this one quote that I was having to look at earlier today and it just popped back into fruition with what we were talking about today. Um, said, while humans may display diversity in the color or tone of their outer layer of skin, reality is that all members of the human species are remarkably similar at an underlying biological level. More than 98% of the genes that make up humans from different racial groups are exactly the same. This large amount of genetic overlap among humans accounts for the many similarities that exist among us, regardless of what difference in color appear at the surface of our skin. For example, all of us have similar external features that give us a human appearance and clearly distinguish us from other animal species. All humans have internal organs that are similar in structure and function. Whatever the color of our outer layer of skin, when it's cut, we all bleed in the same color. That was something I was reading because I'm taking some classes right now 
and that was in my notes, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, that just that just hit back here because, hey, we got white, black, Indian, Hispanic, whatever privileges or whatever downfalls we may be dealing with. At the end of the day, we all work together. So how are we going to make it work? And, and how do we put it all together? And how do we know that, hey, everybody's love, you know, continuing to make that impact and, and meet everybody where they are. So um, I've been... You know, we, we follow each other on Twitter, man. You, you've been doing a great job of leaning your expertise, like Huff was saying, at least speaking out about it. Because some people's silence has been eye-opening and numbing at the same time when it comes to certain issues. And, and you have not. You've been front and center. I can say that for a fact. So um, I just appreciate you for doing what you're doing. Appreciate you coming on and sharing. Keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, Keep being great, man. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate that, man. I really do. Uh, it's funny because I, you know, to your point, that quote, I had tweeted something the other day very similar where I was just like, you know, asking people to stop being sexist. Like, that's not political. Like, that's being a human, right? Telling people to stop treating Black people as lesser than. That's not political. That's being a human, right? Asking yeah. to stop treating people differently because of who they love. Like, that's not political. I'm just being a human being. Like, we're human beings. Like, and if you're a human being, I feel like you're worthy of love and respect. Just, and I don't really care. As long as you're not causing harm to other people, we good. Right? We good. good. That's it. So I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. No doubt, man. Coach G, I'm going to have you. Coach Chris, I got you. Coach G, I'm going to have you come teach my biology class, okay? Because I was sitting here like, okay, yes. You know I'm a biologist over here. I got you. I'll call you when we get to that unit, okay? Coach Chris on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach Blake, Coach Chris Burnett here. Um, just following after what uh, Coach G said, I always uh, wanted to ask you about, like, that uh, first leap of faith when you tweeted out on social media about the, the social injustice is, like, you know, what was that process? Because, um, no, this is, like, real serious, like, um, you were the first. I think everybody was like, was somebody going to speak out about this? And they're waiting for like, you know, Coach Care or whatever. And then here comes Coach Blake. And you look up like a Division three coach? Like what? And the thing is, is that you didn't stop. Like it was continuing. And um, I mean, that's just much respect. Um, nobody can talk bad about you to me. Coach Blake is the GOAT for that. But yeah, I was just like, man, were you like, because it's social media, it could destroy you, you know, it could, like, were you like nervous with the backlash and what could happen? Or were you just like, I'm walking on faith, this is the right thing to do? I just want to know a little bit about, you know, that decision. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're the first person to ask me about that. And, and I laugh because I'm like, man, I haven't, I haven't thought about that, right, since, mm -hmm. since that moment. Um, it was for me. I am a man of convictions, right? Like I just, and again, that's what like, I respect anyone who like really believes something and does it, even if I wholeheartedly disagree with it. Like if they're like, no, this is what I believe, I'm gonna lean to it. I'm like, man, I respect that. I respect that. Like that, that takes like, that takes something. So for me, that's where I was. And I was like, man, if I really am about that, if I really am uh, a person who says speak your convictions and, and all that, then I got to do this. Uh, so yes, there was certainly a part where I'm like, ah, this is going to piss some people off. I'm, you know, I live in the Midwest. Like this is going, it's going to be ugly potentially, but I just got to the point where I was like, I don't care. Like, I just don't care. Um, anyone who takes issues with me saying, Hey, please stop killing black people. Then I'm like, that's on you. Right. That's not on me. That's on you. Uh, like really when you break it down to that simplistic form. So that really originally I was like, no. And to your point, I'm, I'm kind of looking around going, so am I going to say something? Like, and you're right. Little me, little D3 coach. But I'm like, well, I can, I, I forgot what coach said it earlier, but you can only control like your community. I think it was Paul. You mentioned like impacting the people around you. So I'm like, I can impact my little school and program and a couple people follow me on Twitter. Like then I'm going to speak out my truth. Uh, and then continuing to do it again. I, I like, for me, it can't just be a one-time little statement. Right. And we've seen plenty of organizations and schools make a little statement and then off we go back to the regular routine. So for me, I'm like, Nope, if I'm going to make this first statement, I'm going to make the fifth statement and the 25th statement and the 500 statement. And so like, I'm leaning in, like I'm, 
I'm about it. And you're right. At times, the social media thing can get, it can get a lot. Um, I'm thankful to have a lot of people be supportive um, and have, and like you just doing that, like that really, that goes in like my bank, like that goes in my heart bank where I'm like, I lean on that when it hurts. Cause, cause there are times where we get, a, I get a flurry of stuff, right? Like I, I get stuff and most of them are from accounts that aren't real people that are, you know, hiding behind troll accounts or whatever, but it does wear on me hundred percent, to be honest with you. Um, it does wear on me and I, I try not to show it, but sometimes, man, it's, it is difficult for sure. Um, but for me, uh, I said this before, I said any sort of discomfort or tiredness or pain or, or whatever I feel, I know it pales in comparison to black people, people of color in this country and what you live through every day. So I always try to think back on that and go, nah, suck it up, bro. Like, you, like you're all right, you got this. Come on, buck up, kid. So uh, that's one of those internal internal talks I have, right? The turn into a prayer where I end up cursing. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> uh, for me, that's just, that's those are my convictions. And um, again, I think if you go down to the heart of them, what I'm mostly speaking on is love and equality. And if, you really want to push back on that like look in the mirror on that one uh, you know I, who can object to that i guess is my question so okay. uh yeah <laughs> well thanks for thanks for sharing and i honestly believe um because i have a little spot to myself like you coming out and doing that push the big dogs to say something because they see you talking about it protesting or like and it got so big, they're like, okay, I gotta say something. Like, he's doing it. Like, so, appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for saying that, Coach. Yeah. I really appreciate no problem. it. Yeah. Coach, I got another question for you. How did your faith impact, you know, when you take a new job, you talk about the 30, 30 days, 60 days. How did your faith impact those first 30, 60 days? You being on the job, first time head coach. Kind of talk about that for us. Yeah, man, I was scared as hell. So uh, I had to lean on something bigger than myself because I said, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was because, you know, again, when I stepped out of coaching originally, the goal was to get back as an assistant. I was a good assistant and I knew how to be an assistant. So when I get the head coach down, I'm like, well, hold on, that's saying exactly what I asked for, God. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Can we run that back real quick? Um, so for, for me, it really was because um, when I took over the program, too, specific to us, when I, our kids were actually involved in, the, in the, uh, the interview process. So I actually had, during my on-campus interview, I had an hour with just them. Uh, and so it was really cool because they got to ask me a ton of questions. I got to ask them a ton of questions. And the one overarching thing that they said they needed was they're like, we just need to feel like we're supported. And we feel like, you know, we need to have a trust with our coach. We feel like we just, it's been lacking a little bit, you know, in the, in the last few years and things like that. So for me, I was really trying to um, have that conversation with God where I'm like, man, I got these kids that I don't know, right? I didn't recruit them. Some of them are from downtown St. Paul. Some of them are from Podunkville, Wisconsin, with two people. That are like, man, how the heck am I going to relate to these kids, right? And I've spent my whole career before this was at Division One and one year at Division Two. And every team I've coached, ninety percent of the teams I coached were black kids. And now suddenly I take over this team, and every single one was a white kid. And so obviously I'm 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 white, right? But for me, like in my, in my coaching, in my identity, it was, it was very different. Like these kids, I'm like, I haven't had to relate to a group that looks like this and is from this background. So it was really uncomfortable for me because I'm like, ah, how do I do this in a good way? Like, again, being authentically me, but providing them what they need, right? In the way that each one of those need it. Uh, so uh, I did spend a lot of time in prayer and those were longer. Those were not just the walk down the hallway prayers. Those were really legitimately trying to break down each kid and spending thought and, and time on each kid of man, like help me, help me get to them. And some of them didn't need much, right? They just like the fact that I'm here and we'll go get in the gym and shoot shots with them. They're like, oh, we good. Right. And other ones needed to go to get coffee once a week. Right. And so um, I really tried to lean on that and I, I really, it kind of made me refocus because of what I said earlier, like I want, even if 
you know, a kid doesn't come in here and like become a Christian because of me. I do want them to feel loved and worthy. And so for me, I felt like to make sure I was fully on point, I had to kind of re re immerse myself in reading the Bible, trying to read devotions, listen to gospel music, for instance, right? Like have my mind and my heart, like kind of focused, right? More because, you know, it is, we all get in kind of our daily routine. Sometimes it's just like a checklist thing. Whereas you do it real intentional like that. You're like, okay, all right. That makes you kind of like, all right, reset. Like, let me make sure I'm back in there. So those were kind of things I did early on because I needed to make sure that came through and that my heart came through and that they felt what I was wanting them to feel and what they needed to feel. Um, so that's really how I did it early on. Um, and it wasn't an intentional effort. Uh, that's a, that's a great question. That is looking back. I'm like, yeah, that's something I, I, I did try to do. Cause I'm like, I might not know all this other stuff. I might turn in my paperwork wrong. Right. I might forget to turn in an expense report, but like, I got to make sure I'm on point for these kids. And so that's, uh, that's what I did those first, that first month or two as I got to know them kind of over the summer, really. Thank you. Absolutely. Super dope. Coach, you talked about, um, you know, putting on that gospel music. I got to ask. I got to ask. Give me a go-to. Do you have a go-to? Just give me one. You may have a couple. Give me one. Yeah. Um, well, I got to give Carly, my wife, credit on this one. Like, she's got the, like, the sound. She's got the Spotify soundtrack on point. Like, that's a, she beats me up on Sunday mornings. I walk downstairs and it's like, <laughs> slacking out. The dog's slacking out. Yeah. So, um, the big one uh, that I didn't even heard of, obviously, I know Kirk Franklin, but I smile. Like, that song just gets me, like, just, mm, ah, like, that's almost like my work. <laughs> Y'all don't song. see him, but he's joking. Y'all yeah, can't see yeah, him, but yeah, man, yeah. he's joking right now. I'll be, like, I'll be, like, working out or something else, kind of be, like, all right, start swagging. And they're like, oh, he's feeling himself. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just grooving. Like, uh, so that's, the, yeah, that's the one. And again, that's Carly introduced me to that one. So she, her, she's the one that controls the, the ox chord when it comes to the gospel music. She's got it on lock. Hey, I'm not mad at that. I'm telling you how you make that marriage thing work. You got the prayer on lock. She got the playlist. We got <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> New effort. That's true. Absolutely. Coach, I got to ask this question. It's a question that we ask everybody the very basis of why we do what we do there's so many things that you said there's so many things that you've done but if there were a summary an easier way to just put it out there plain and simple you are the truest definition of a servant leader but to somebody that doesn't understand what that means what that looks like from our day-to-day -day, from any position what does servant leadership look like and how does coach Blake Dodonis define that well for me as a coach um, I think oftentimes we, we get it twisted where we're like, you know, the players are playing for us and like, you know, we're, are doing what we want to do so we can win as a team. But for me, the very definition of a coach is to lead and guide your athletes. Right. And so I think my position is, I think my job is to help and, and enable and guide them to reach their goals. And secondary is me winning, right? Like being able to say, I led our team to 20 wins. I won the coach of the year award. And I think we really, we get that twisted a ton. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like, I always tell our kids, and this is something I learned from Felicia Leggett Jack at Buffalo. And I worked for her uh, at Buffalo. And she's always like, tell me your dreams, but be careful. Because if you tell me, I'm gonna hold you to them. And I've kind of taken that and used that without, I'm like, where, where do you want to go? What do you want to accomplish here? And we'll make it happen. And the, that's, of course, basketball related. But like, oh, you want to get an internship in the cities working at, you know, a television company? All right, let's go. Let's make that happen. We're going to do that. And so for me, I think that's my job is to help them reach and achieve their goals. And it's not – and I, I want to win 20 games. I want to win a conference championship. I, it would be cool to win Coach of the Year and have that acknowledgement as our staff. Like, I do want those things. But, like, they don't owe me that they didn't come here for me to get that kind of, no, they're coming here because they trusted me to help guide them and be there for them. Right. And so that's my job. And that's why I said earlier, like, and I hope I never get fired, but like, if I ever get fired for not winning games, like I'll be upset, but like, I'm going to be like, nah, I carried myself and did my job. The important part of the job. I did that the right way. And I do think they go hand in hand. I think if you approach it this way, you're going to be successful on the court. Uh, but that's what servant leadership to me means. I'm here to help you guys out, right? And I have kids coming here all the time. And sometimes it's mundane stuff where I'm like, seriously, 
this is what we're talking about. This is what you're worried about. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's figure it out. And, but, and other times it's, it is serious stuff, like really serious stuff. And so uh, for me, that's, that's what the job is, I think. And I don't think, and I believe me, I haven't always, you know, I've, I've only come to realize that relatively recently. Like I used to care about all the other stuff and I think too many people do, but I think that's the focus. That's what actually matters. And uh, I, you know, people have used this quote before, but like when I die, you know, they're not going to put on the tombstone my, my record, right? Um, and God ain't going to be like, yo, that season 125 games, that was pretty cool, right? Who, like, who cares? Like, honestly, like, who cares? It, it matters the impact you make and where you can help these kids go. That's, that's the job. That's what coaching is. That's what servant leadership is. I think that's amazing. I think you hit the nail on the head. And it reminded me of, uh, you know, ever servant leader and one of our past servant leader speakers uh, who's actually on the line today. And she said it best. I had to flip back to her. She said servant leadership is about adding value to other people. Uh, it came from Shannon Michelle. And I think that was so perfect. And that's what I mean by, you know, that servant leadership and who God has truly called um, to, you know, empower us for that hour because it's consistent. It may change a few words, but the value of servant leadership and the definition of servant leadership is consistent. And not only what you do and what you say, um, but just how you live. And you said it best on that tombstone, no, they're not going to put our record. They're not going to put our accolades. I mean, if you want to, the charge is already expensive, but what they are going to talk about at that funeral and at your celebration of life is what happened in between in that dash. And that's what I'm working for. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm not working for self-gain, self-promotion, or what anybody else has to say. We're working for that well done. Who did we help? Who did we add value to? Who did we give our flowers while they were here? You know what I mean? And so I think that's perfect. Um, you, you do coach, you know, the women's basketball team. And sometimes, yes, those players, we come in there and we say, yeah, and we think it's an emergency. And maybe it's just quite not. But I applaud you for even making it seem big because that, that is a difficult task I can tell you that firsthand I'm thinking it's an emergency and I'm like that's what you called me out of my office for <laughs> <laughs> it's okay I'm gonna make that thing sound like it's I'm one one and right. we're gonna do this thing together because that's what servant leadership looks like we're gonna do this thing okay <laughs> yes my brother well I appreciate you so much I mean it's been amazing it's so funny you know I agree with everybody else this hour of the day I don't care what day I had the day you described yesterday I had one too and one much like that today but I look forward to getting on here and just topic you know talking and picking the brains uh, of such amazing people like yourself keep empowering keep pushing the agenda, keep making people un uncomfortable. Um, that is all what wraps up into, you know, servant leadership. And I think we made some servant leadership history. I think we had our first, uh, you know, coach uh, union, both Dudonis's on the call. So, <laughs> so much <laughs> for doing that for us. And we appreciate you. I'm gonna give you opportunity, any closeout that you want to say and leave us with before we get out of here, man. I'm gonna get that to you. Yeah, well, Coach G put in the chat, but you know, good trouble. That's right. And that's what, uh, that's what we're trying to cause around here is good trouble. So I appreciate this. I appreciate you guys. It's uplifting. Um, I think all of us as, as leaders, it is easy to give, 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 and not pour back into yourself. So uh, legitimately, this has been really awesome for me. Like, I really feel like you guys poured into me here. Um, and I appreciate you letting me share my story and, and talk it out a little bit. I, I hope you know you guys gain something from me too uh, I always I, I feel I feel like it's a fair trade I don't want to just take from you so I hope you, you gain something from me too um, but yeah I just I think it's so important for all of us to continue to push the envelope with things that matter because um, ultimately you know I, I say this I say this to recruits and it's funny I always get funny looks but then they're like yeah I'm like man basketball is just a game like it's just it's just a game right like I see little three-year-olds playing a little you know Fisher Price who like they play in the same game you play, right? They're just playing a different way. Like, it's just, it's a game. And so what we do around it and with the people that are in it with us, like, that's what actually matters, right? Um, so for, for me, I think we just need to continue to, to keep that focus. Um, and remember, it's, you know, for everything we do, it's about people. That's it. It's about people. Um, and so I encourage all of you to continue doing that. I appreciate all of you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm look, I'm young. I'm 31 years old. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I don't know half of anything, but uh, if I can ever be supportive of anyone, if ever anyone reach out, like I, 
my DMs on Twitter are open for a reason. I have people come in all the time. We talk about some stuff. It's about coaching, some stuff about other things. Like, I'm, let's talk it out, man. Let's figure it out together. So I'm, I'm always here if I can ever provide any sort of assistance for anybody. Uh, and even if I don't know, I'll be like, I don't know either. Let's figure it out together. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's go. Blind leading the blind. Let's go. We'll figure it out. Um, but I appreciate the platform you've created, Coach. I appreciate you doing this. I know it, it makes Thank you. Look, you have people here just saying, like, this makes their entire day. I mean, there, there's, there's something special and valuable about that. So thank you for creating it, uh, creating a space where people can come and be honest and be open and be uplifted and filled up. So thank you for that. Thank you for letting me spend time with you all. Uh, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you for that. And it's been uh, my utmost pleasure. And I throw all that back to you. And I, I know I speak for everybody when I say that if there's something that we can do for you, um, we mean that both the Dudonis, all the Dudonis family, we got you. So we appreciate you so much just for coming on. Um, I definitely have been upli uplifted. Um, so if you guys could just bow your heads for a moment, we're going to say a quick prayer. Um, Holy Father, we just thank you for what we've seen and heard yet again, Lord God. Thank you just for being who you are, um, for keeping us safe, for keeping us, you know, just the servant leaders holding us up, Lord God, giving us the energy, Lord God, to continue to do what we do. Help us, Lord God through our own past, Lord God, through our own ways of work that we do on a day-to-day -day basis to make people better, to leave them better than when we found them, Lord God, to help them draw to you and learn who you are, not by forcing, Lord God, but living the life that you would have us to live. We pray, Lord God, just for a healing over our land, Lord God. The pandemic exists, Lord God, but there are so many other things that are Way and breaking down, Lord God, people in this world. So we ask just for a worldly healing. You said in your word that if my people are called, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek your face, you will heal the land, Lord God. Well, we're seeking your face, Lord God, and we're praying. And we ask right now, Lord God, just for healing, for restoration, Lord God, and endurance to keep being your servant leaders and running your race. We ask all these things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>